help them amalgamate those different interests so they can be the fullest person at work. Because I've had it in my jobs where, you know, I was working in a mechanical engineering and marketing role and I was loving it. But they said, Marcus, you know, you've you've done two internships for us now. They've been great, but we're not going to have work at the intersection of mechanical engineering and marketing. You're going to need to choose one. So let's say you come to work for us. Are you going to see yourself in an engineering role or a marketing role? And I told them I would see myself at a different company. Well, the next day I left the company and a week later I found this gig that I'm currently at with a precision laser cutting company doing exactly what I like doing. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. Hey, it's Russ. I'm here up in the penthouse suite, and I am pretty excited again, (laughs) as I usually start off my podcast saying how excited I am. But I got to tell you, I just met a guy who I think is going to be a a good friend. I hope. He's really cool. His energy is just amazing, and I think that you're going to be glad that you met him. And you're going to learn a lot from him, too. He's got some wisdom beyond his years. He is studying to be a mechanical engineer, and he describes himself as an optimistic leader and a strategic visionary. And he is the guy who runs, I think, like 400 days in a row now or thereabouts, Marcus's Morning Minute. And if you haven't heard of Marcus's Morning Minute, it's on LinkedIn. We're going to find out more about it. And you're going to just love this. So it's my pleasure to welcome Marcus Lanny. Hey, Ross. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, I hope I didn't embarrass you with that uh, opening. But uh, I just I just love your stuff. I want people to meet you. And I really <laughs> identified with a couple things. I want, to, I want to just mention a couple things, first of all. I super identified with your optimism. And one of the things that you talk about a lot is to just do things. That was one of my favorite Marcus's morning minute, because I'm real big on that. Tell everybody kind of like what your background is, why you're even involved with uh, posting on uh, social media. You don't own a business, right? A lot of people would think that's why someone would be there. Yeah. So, so like Russ said, so I'm studying mechanical engineering. And when we got sent home for COVID, you know, about 18 months ago now, I was looking for something more to do, a way to still impact others, even when we couldn't be in person. And I was reading a book entitled The Medici Effect, which talked about how our greatest ideas come at the intersection of what we like and what we're good at. So I was racking my brain and I came to the conclusion that, well, first of all, I was good at LinkedIn. It was a lot of fun, you know, connecting people, meeting people. Hell, it's how, why I'm on this podcast with you right now. But then I was also thinking, you know, I'm good at talking and I want to be able to share this optimistic message. So with the video series, some of the things about like just doing things is that when I made that first video, it was no expectations. It was that I'm open. Maybe I can brighten somebody's day, help them change their mindset. And what's come out of it over 450 days later has just been incredible. 
And like what you're talking about with the optimism, one of my favorite videos I've made is on the difference between positivity and optimism. Now, how I see it and how I've read about it online is that positivity is regardless of the situation, you say everything's great. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are, what you're going through. Oh, it's great. It'll be fine. I'm, I'm doing well during this situation. But optimism is the ability to say, this sucks. I'm not doing well, but I will do better tomorrow because it's up to me to make that change. And that's just a way that I've been trying to live my life is by embracing the negatives and looking to tomorrow into how can we change those into something that's going to be more beneficial and that we're going to enjoy. Yes, I, I love all of that. So I look, I look at it the same way. I kind of look at it as a cycle. Like your optimism allows you to have belief that things are possible regardless yeah. of the situation, right? And then that helps you see the opportunities. And then when you, when you can see the opportunities and you have the belief that things are possible, that helps you take action. And then when you take action, you can achieve your goals or achieve success. I'll put that in quotations because kind of this whole cycle, I would say, is success. And then Mm -hmm. when you do achieve goals, right, that kind of fuels your optimism. And there you go. You're back to the beginning again. So it's kind of a self-energizing mindset, really. Have you ever heard of the Pygmalion effect? Go ahead. Tell me about it. It goes into how attention breeds better results. And essentially what it is, is you're going to notice that potentially you have some good results. So for me, it was with speaking. I was like, hmm, you know, I'm, I'm halfway decent at it. So then I put more time and energy into it. And then obviously my speaking got better. And then that made me want to put even more time and energy into it because now the ball was rolling. And it talks about the cycle of what you're putting energy into, you're going to end up enjoying more which is going to have you put more energy into it. So it's like the same with optimism. You know, when you're when you're realizing that that mindset is helping you get more out of life, you're going to start focusing on really adopting that mindset as opposed to any other fixed mindset or a positive or negative mindset. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You know, people often ask me, uh, they say things like, um, you know, your glass is half full or whatever. And so I think like my glass is always self half full regardless, but actually my glass is overflowing. So I usually, that's my, usually my comeback is like, yeah, I like, I've got so much good stuff happening. It's overflowing. So let me ask you a more personal question is like, cause you had also mentioned about you're helping other people making a difference, but why do you care? Why, you know, why do you, would you want to do that? Right. Well, it all kind of started in that during high school, I was very, I got very interested in volunteering and specifically I volunteered with individuals with Alzheimer's and dementia. I mean, these are groups on the margin of society. You know, they, when, when you're honestly put in a memory care facility, it's very easy to just be forgotten about. And honestly, you're just kind of waiting to die, which is, you know, morbid to say, but it's tough when these individuals aren't seen to be the same people that they used to be. Yeah. So when I started volunteering with them, um, I played the piano for eight or nine years stopped uh, beginning of high school. And then I was you know, being requested, can I play the piano for them? So I went back and I learned some songs from their childhood, you know, back in the 40s. Obviously songs I never heard about, but I thought that potentially they would like it. And just going through that and the music therapy that we went through, 
like just an example of some of the power that it had is I played the wedding song, you know, the da 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 da. And people, individuals who are nonverbal could tell me about their wedding dates because it's you're activating a different part of their brain. So then I started thinking, you know, this is this is incredible stuff, being able to help others live more fully. Instead of just kind of waiting around until you no longer have to deal with your Alzheimer's or dementia anymore. And then ever since COVID, um, I haven't been able to go back all that much because you don't want to be bringing COVID to the elderly. So I understand. But I had to start thinking, you know, how can I help some other people? And personally, I've never been big into like academic help. You know, I, I tutor when I need to, but that's just not something that really interests me. But I found what interests me is professional and personal development, helping other people become the best versions of themselves and go for those jobs and internships that they like. So the series was in one aspect that helping people professionally, but then it was also in the more personal side. And, you know, how can we change our mindset to get more out of our life? Because when you take a look at what we do every day, a lot of it can be things that, you know, we don't enjoy, right? Things that just don't add any value to our lives, but either it's part of a habit, it's routine, or we feel that we need to do it. And as soon as you cut all of those out, then you just have this room to really live. Yeah. And that's something where I help people understand and use that mindset to make the most out of their own times. I love it. Now, did you grow up with a you must, a very nurturing mother? Where did you come from? Like, are you nurture or nature? Is this just a genetic thing or... Um, you know, don't get too Freudian on me, I, but it would definitely. I always nurture. well, I like to, I like to, I like to know a little bit, um, as much as a guest is willing to tell me, because yeah. I, because there are people listening who, you know, they might be like, oh my god, you know, I um, I was that weird kid in high school who had no no friends and hung out in the art room, you know, or kind of like <laughs> kind of like kind of had some friends, but I used to get picked on, and I hung out in the art room and kind of kept to myself all the time and didn't have any social skills. I mean, I just, that was me. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So like that sort yeah. of like, well, so, and that, so. that, that sort of informs, um, your life later. And then as you sort of realize things that you need to do to have more of a complete life or a complete personality or to make an impact or whatever, you know, you teach yourself what you need to learn, I guess. Right. Well, listen, so I'm an only child. Okay. So what I like to think about is that if I don't go make friends at school, there's no friends to come home to. Ah. You know, there's no siblings to go hang out with. So you're going to go make close friendships and you're going to go live. Like I don't have anybody I need to live up to. There's nobody coming after me that I'll need to live up to me. So, I mean, it can really help me be unapologetically me because I get to define myself. And you see that with everybody that isn't, uh, isn't an eldest or an only child in that, I mean, they have they have different expectations depending upon how their eldest sibling acted, yeah. and then they end up fitting in family order rules. But it's been nice, yeah. So I I definitely fit into the the only child of the eldest family order, but that's where I'm able to kind of come for, with this energy and come with this perspective because I haven't been forced into something that I wouldn't want it to be. As an only child, you also could have been someone who uh, has a lot of expectations and think the world owes you stuff and, you know, <clears throat> even be a little arrogant. It's interesting, you know, that you develop that mindset, which is so valuable now. I mean, 
you have this, that curiosity and that creativity that's so important for anybody really to be successful. And, and, I, and it comes through like in your personality, right? So you've got a little of that, whatever that it factor is, you know, people talk about that, uh, that energy that comes through. Uh, Ed, I like to listen to Ed Milet a lot. And one of the things he talks about a lot is energy. This is so important as a speaker and as a presenter, you got to have some kind of energy if you want people to pay attention to you or to be uh, impacted by you, mm-hmm. then th- there has to be some energy there. Right. And I mean, it's so easy. Like, even if you bring in positive energy, if you're in an environment where there's all negativity, you're not going to be positive for much longer. They're going to suck the life out of you. Yeah. But even when you're in a neutral environment and your energy is infectious, man, the impact you can have is just incredible. That's right. So what are what are some of your goals with some of this uh, optimism and this energy beyond your Marcus's Morning Minute? Not that that isn't enough. And maybe, yeah. maybe that's maybe that's just what you want to continue. But I imagine at some point, you know, you're over 400 or 450, I think you said. So at some point, you're probably going to want to take whatever you would perceive as the next step. Do you have any ideas or anything's in mind? Right. Well, I mean, a big one, kind of the next step up from my video series would be just public speaking. Like I would love, you know, travel around, go meet just some incredible groups of people and talk about our mindsets and open up that dialogue. That's a big one that I'm working on. Other ones, it's just being able to meet cool people, like being able to do things like this and, you know, kind of getting your name out there so then you can go meet other people. Because what's crazy about LinkedIn is that you can basically go knock on anybody in the professional world's door. Yeah. Where if I went to your home right now, you would have the police promptly called on me. But instead, we met online and it was very normal. So meeting people and being able to public speak are a couple of things. And then other ways I've been able to use my platform is so I'm involved with a couple of clubs at Purdue and being able to spread a message that way, helping other student leaders develop in their leadership by talking about those messages has been a lot of really interesting experiences that have come from the video series and then also just from the energy. And when you're putting out that energy, you're going to attract people with similar energy. So it's been everything from just meeting different types of friends that I would not have met had I just been like, I'm studying mechanical engineering. I'm only going to stick with the people that I know are going to you know, help me on assignments or help me get jobs. Yeah. If I can improve my mindset, then it's going to be a natural progression where you're going to be able to land your jobs and meet even better friends. Give me an idea of what it might look like. Say you are um, recruited by, uh, oh, I don't know, it could be a club or it could be uh, uh, one of the schools at a university, and they want you to come with your message and talk to the students. Which students would you want to talk to? And give me an idea of what would you talk about, and then what would the impact be the result because i'm an engineer that's where i usually fit in best with talking with people because contrary to the thousand of stereotypes about engineers that i don't really <laughs> see the problems of people being antisocial because people know if you want a job you need to go talk with people so that's that's not a particularly large problem as it was back in the day where you knew the engineer by how big their glasses were so the problem i'm seeing now is that people have so many interests, they have no idea what to choose and how to combine their interests. Because I was in their same boat. 
just because I'm doing mechanical engineering, well, I'm interested in product management, program management, finance, economics, psychology, philosophy, things that I don't get to go learn in my engineering program. But people go learn these outside and it's what I chose to do. And then talking with them about how they can figure out ways to combine all these interests. So like how I've done it is through different clubs, getting leadership positions or making my own positions that I knew would help my growth while still providing value to the organization. So I talk about that message where you're able to provide value and still be the entire you. Because like we don't learn in high school, you know, what the difference between all of our different interests are. They say, here, you learn math, science, and English, and history. Good luck in the rest of the world. When most of us don't use any four of those in our jobs. So being able to work with students to help them amalgamate those different interests so they can be the fullest person at work. Because I've had it in my jobs where, you know, I was working in a mechanical engineering and marketing role and I was loving it. But they said, Marcus, you know, you've you've done two internships for us now. They've been great, but we're not going to have work at the intersection of mechanical engineering and marketing. You're going to need to choose one. So let's say you come to work for us. Are you going to see yourself in an engineering role or a marketing role? And I told them I would see myself at a different company. Well, the next day I left the company and a week later I found this gig that I'm currently at with a precision laser cutting company doing exactly what I like doing. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier where you need to cut out the things that aren't extremely beneficial to you so that you have room to go find those opportunities. That's another thing where I'd love to tell students, there's a lot of things that are draining our time and energy. So actually, about two months ago, I got off my social medias, except for LinkedIn, because I realized that it wasn't contributing anything to me. I was losing energy by doing it, and I wasn't any happier after I got off them. And I mean, that's a drastic like step if that's the first thing you're going to do. But that's the point where I'm in my journey where I know I'd much rather spend my time talking with people or going on a bike ride or seeing friends versus scrolling social media. And then the biggest takeaways would be after you've eliminated the negatives and some of the neutrals, go do things. That's something that we talked about is that you're only going to know what you like to do by doing things. You sit around all day thinking about what you might like to do. You're going to be no closer to knowing what you would like to do than if you just went and did Different things, even if it's not exactly what you want to do, because you'll figure out in a role, whether it's marginally close or on the opposite side of the universe, you're going to figure out what particularly do you like in that role and how can you apply that to your next opportunity? Well, you've got a lot of wisdom for such a young guy. Let me just tell you that Uh, you've got some great genetics or you've done some real work for yourself or you've got a great mentor somewhere because you are so right on with every single thing that you mentioned. If you can't make a career out of that, I don't know, man, the the world is weird because (laughs) students need you and your message. I love your message about doing things. I've got to tell you that it was one of the things that I just harp on all the time. Someone says like, I I don't know, I'm lost or stuck or whatever. It's like, okay, well, you're normal, first of all. Now <laughs> now go do something. It doesn't even right. matter what. It doesn't matter if it's the right thing. It doesn't, you know, even if you're going in the wrong direction, you can always turn around, but you right. need to get some momentum. You need to get some energy going. And just the act of doing alone, mm-hmm. it creates so much good energy. It changes your brain. It's like, it gets the oxygen where it needs to go. I mean, it's whether, even if you're just thinking and not, you know, moving and 
even in acting, when someone is stuck, we teach them to move and breathe. You just move and breathe, and it changes so much, so many dynamics. It's um, just incredible. And it, my favorite riddle, which I've probably said too many times on the podcast, but I'm going to hit you with it, Marcus. Here's the riddle. Five birds are sitting in a tree. Three birds decide to fly away. How many birds are left in the tree? And the answer is five, because deciding to fly away is not the same as actually doing it. So you've got to you've got to do stuff, right? And and you mentioned what happens when you are when you put yourself out there and you're doing stuff, you will be surprised at the resources that come to your aid, the people that show up, the opportunities, the doors that open, things that you didn't even know existed. So oh, yeah. it's so exciting. It's incredible. How could life be much more simple than that? Right. And it's in like you said, like if if you get into that mindset where you're trying things yes building momentum it's not even like like you said momentum in the wrong direction you're still gonna be able to turn around right opposed to like if you're but how, stagnant. but you won't know it's a wrong direction until you do it you, you know right. and there's nothing wrong with that you know right. you got to go out and taste and learn i mean sometimes it's just as valuable to find out things that you don't resonate with or don't resonate yeah. with you or that aren't a good fit yes and being able to break it down into what exactly don't you like about it know what because you rarely will we ever go to an opportunity and just say i hate everything about what i'm doing usually there's just a, like you know the factors that are predominant and yeah. that's why we, we hate something but i'm sure you know whether it's your great co-workers you're able to talk with some really interesting people there's a lot of different aspects that go into opportunities that we can take to our next ones even if they were in the wrong industry or the wrong role Marcus, I just love the way you think. What would you do or what would you suggest to people who are stuck or who are feeling stuck? Because we just acknowledged that action is so important, that doing something is critical. But some people just are stuck. Do you have any suggestions for that? Yeah. With this, with my experience, I can speak really well to students. It, it's, I'm sure it'll be different when you get out to be you know, more full adult than I suppose I am. But especially taking this experience with friends, you know, who are studying right now and they're trying to figure out their paths. The main action item that I always see with it is when you need to sit down and figure out what is making you feel stuck and put names to it. Because when there's a lot of, I mean, you can have five or 10 different things that are just impressing upon you and it's making you feel anxious, frustrated, confused. But if you don't know what those components are, you're not able to address them. So, for example, one of my friends, I mean, she she's brilliant, but because she's so brilliant, she doesn't know what she wants to study. And she's already two years into school now. And it's because she has so many varied interests. So we were talking about it and how, you know, doing research during the school year, you get to join clubs during school, getting different types of internships over the summer is all ways for you to do something. Because if you're sitting lamenting about how stuck you are, which this sounds a whole lot easier to say than to do, but when you're just thinking about how stuck you are, as opposed to doing literally anything, you're able to get more clarity on it. And it's, it's a, it can, the process can just spiral where, you know, the more you think about it, the more lost you feel. And I'm not saying, you know, don't think about it because obviously you need to, you need to address it, but you need to address it head on instead of just relegating it to, you know, an afterthought of going through your daily routine and then coming home and thinking, well, I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm feeling stuck. If you're feeling stuck, 
something needs to change of what you're doing currently because you just can't add things on to what you're doing. So like, like we had said, if you need to cut out those negatives or those things that are draining your energy and leaving you confused. So you have the room and time and energy to do to experience new things so you can determine what's going to help you get unstuck. Yeah, I like that. One of the coaching questions from a previous podcast was, what would you say no to? It's to eliminate the things that are not energizing you, that are not fulfilling. So, and they might be as obvious as they just suck the energy out of you. Like, and you can feel that after you're involved with that or do that activity or involved with whatever that is. So those things you could say no to, right? So that's like an important question. Like, what can I say no to? And, and it's important to keep asking yourself that question because something that is your absolute dream right now could be something that you detest, you know, two years, five years from now. For me going to college, like one of the reasons why I was choosing colleges was based upon how good their research opportunities were and produce excellent in research. Then I get to college, I get involved in clubs and an internship. And I realized that I have no desire to do research. I know it's not something I'm going to enjoy. I've got a little bit of taste of it through a class. I've talked to my friends that are in it. And I know that it's not something I would enjoy. But if I'm stuck in my what my thought process was two years ago, I would still do it anyways. But I've been able to ask myself, you know, I'm able to cut out that personal negative to leave room for the positives by asking myself multiple times what I'm feeling instead of just, you know, asking myself like once or once a year and saying, all right, I'm going to go stick to this game plan forever. People who are interested in personal development, professional development, they have to have that ability to have that introspection and be able to ask the hard questions of themselves and really be willing to make the changes that they, that they think might be necessary. And, you know, nothing's ever guaranteed, right? I mean, it's, as the saying goes, death and taxes, that's right. about it. You know, and some people get away w without paying the taxes, but, uh, <laughs> but all of us are going to die at some point or another. And probably you don't know when that's going to be. So, uh, that's the only thing that's guaranteed. Yeah. Why not? Right. A lot of us are lifelong learners, especially those of us who, again, want to continue to grow and make an impact. So, right. And it's important for us to be able to figure it out on our own versus if you have somebody tell you something, even yeah. if you have the same thought, you are going to be so much less likely to do it. And that's something that I always strive for with my videos that I'm never telling people what to do. It's, here's what I did. What should you do? I always say that a lot. You be you, right? Mm -hmm. You be you. I, no one should be forcing you to be anything you don't want to be, right. you know, in any way, really. So I love your messages, Marcus. I think that you are onto something just with the way you're living your life and the way that you are presenting your ideas and your experiences in a way that is so readily absorbed and digested. I guess those aren't really the right words to use, but it's so accessible to people and especially in our modern social media age. I mean, Marcus's Morning Minute, you get a ton of information in there in 60 seconds, and I haven't timed them. So I don't know if they're really a minute, but I promise you, I have never gone over a minute. <laughs> is, that, is that for real? That is, that is for real. Oh, yeah. I, I like to live up to my namesake. I do often talk much too quickly, but that's why I have my captions in the videos, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, you do enough of them. So if they can't understand you saying Marcus morning minute at the end, um, <laughs> and I love how you say that 
you're looking forward to seeing them the next time. It's so personal. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you can't see anybody, but <laughs> I, I almost feel like you can when you're doing the Marcus's Morning Minute. Yeah, I mean, you build you build relationships with the people that you know consume your content, and then you get to meet just other incredible people. And I I look forward to making my videos. You know, it's one of those things that energizes me, as opposed to somebody who wouldn't enjoy doing videos like that. They they think, oh, how have you kept it up for so long? Like that's that's draining. Whereas I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to go shoot this video. Like I'll be, I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. All right. Listen, if somebody wants to see those, where do they find them? Yeah. So most readily they're on LinkedIn you can find me, Marcus Lanny. I hope there's only one of me, but I know that there's not. I feel like I should have a Marcus Lanny war sometimes. So only one of us comes out on top, <laughs> but I am on LinkedIn and if you're not a LinkedIn user, I'll let you on a little secret that I also post them to YouTube because my grandma likes to watch them and she does not have LinkedIn. I love that. You're, and so do you think of grandma when you do them or no? Yeah. Well, she's the reason I'm posting it on YouTube the last 450 days. So I think about <laughs> her every day. Then. <laughs> and you make sure you don't say anything like, you know, off color or whatever that grandma won't approve of or, or don't you, or don't you think about that? I, I don't, I actually don't think about that one. I, I'm usually pretty, pretty on the chain, but okay. there's some times where I get a little, I can get fired up and, uh, That's you know, funny. The videos can be out there. Is grandma hip? She's not like a hip grandma, but she's not a regular grandma. You know, okay. she's, I love she it. She hangs out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it very much. Oh, thank you so much. Listen, is there anything else you want to add before we get to the questions or to the questions? If I got one, one thing that I think would help out is why I'm making these videos only a minute. Yes. And it's because when I started making them, I wouldn't watch anybody else's videos that were over a minute. So I thought if I'm not going to watch somebody else's videos over a minute, people shouldn't have to watch my videos that are over a minute. Well, I think you're doing them very effectively. Now, not everybody can do that in a minute, but I think you do. So that's awesome. And your energy obviously helps. Appreciate it. I cannot, I couldn't say anything in a minute. (laughs) But all right, let's, we can get to these questions. I'm excited. All right. It's time for the questions. Uh, Stand by. (laughs) It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. All right, it is time for the questions, and we have Marcus here to answer the questions. Okay, here we go, Marcus. Who do people tell you that you look like? My uncle. <laughs> okay. Do you really look like your uncle? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, well, he, he's a really good-looking guy, so I, I hope so. So you're going to say yes. That's awesome. I love it. Is there anybody? Fa- <laughs> is there anyone famous that other people, like the general public, would know? Um where someone has said, yeah, you look like, like Brad Pitt or whatever. I wish. No, you know what? No, nobody has. Nobody comes to mind. That's crazy. Okay, good. So you're a splitting image of your uncle. I love it. I'm going to have to find him now. <laughs> is, that, is he on any of your posts? He, he is not. Okay. He, uh, he has not made any star appearances. I'll let you know if he does. You're going to have to get a photo up or something of him. All right, question, <laughs> question number two. Who is a famous person, living or dead, that you would like to have a conversation with and what would you talk about? Mm. All right. He's a famous mathematician that invented the field of game theory. And his name is Von Neumann. And I would talk as though he's supposed to be one of the most brilliant problem solvers to ever live. And I would just like to talk with him about 
where did these ideas come from? And then what is his problem solving approach mm. in a greater sense than just math and science? Interesting. I like, I like that you didn't ask him for like the solution to the Rubik's cube or something. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number three, Marcus, what is the one accomplishment that you're the most proud of? During, uh, during high school, so I, I, just, I say that, but it's only a few years ago. Um, when I was real big into my volunteering, I volunteered over a thousand hours in a year at the memory care facility, which is just awesome. You know, being able to build those relationships and help, like I said, the groups on the margins of society is just an incredible feeling and definitely beneficial time spent for both me and the groups that I was able to help out. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, what does that average out to like on a day? How many hours without me doing the math? Three-ish. So you're there. You were there a lot. I I was there a lot. I was having a lot of fun doing it. So it never really felt like a, you know, like a job or anything like that. I was always looking forward go ride my bike there and hang out. Let me ask you a supplemental question, just based on what you just told me. Is there anything you don't have fun doing? I don't do things I don't have fun doing. Um, <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, may, maybe fluid mechanics from last semester. I hated that class. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's actually funny. Some of the stuff I'm studying is the stuff that I'm not actually all that interested in, but that's the stuff that you just really got to get through. And I, I do think it gets enjoyable, but you, you got to have fun with life and then you're going to do a better job. I agree 100%. Um, so here's a coaching question. Do you mind if I ask you one of those? I'm interested. Okay, so this is a coaching question. What is the one major obstacle that you are being impeded by that when conquered will allow you to make a huge leap forward to achieve your goal? I think it's breaking in to the larger event type public speaking. And it's that I haven't, I haven't focused all of my energy into it just yet, but it's something where, you know, I've been doing research, been able to talk to a few people, but I'd like to think that after, you know, just getting the ball rolling, getting that first opportunity, whether it's just in front of, you know, 10 people of something where it's not one of the clubs I'm already involved in or not for something that I normally do for students, that's going to get the ball rolling. And then I'm going to be able to tap into more of the public speaking sphere as opposed to the smaller scale work that I've been doing up until then. All right. So the obstacle, the fact that you haven't had that one sort of what you might see as a major speaking opportunity, is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. yes. So that's more like that's your goal, but what's keeping you from getting that? Well, that's where the, that's where the, we're looking at the obstacle. Is there an obstacle there? It's that I haven't put the time and energy into it because okay. of like I'm working a couple of jobs this summer, taking a gotcha. class, and you know, trying to graduate. And it's that that's stuff that I would like to free up the time, yeah. but not things that I'm going to free up. I'm guessing based on our conversation that you have a the plan for that after graduation and you've already said no to as much as you can to do the things you <laughs> want to do. So I'm, so I'm believing that you don't have the, you, there's no time right now for you to figure that out, but it's on your, right. it's definitely, I'm, I'm definitely doing things that I'm enjoying right okay. now. Gotcha. I know that after I finish kind of this step of the things that I'm enjoying, there's going to be some 
some yeah. bigger, bigger goals to conquer. I love it. Well, listen, I appreciate you spending the time with us. Our listeners are aspiring entrepreneurs, small business owners, and they can really benefit from getting an idea of the kind of the energy level that you operate at and using, you know, your optimism and, uh, and the fact that you have sort of that heart where you want to help other people and, and really, really make a difference, right? Really make an impact. I, I love that a lot. I think you'll actually be a good inspiration for our listeners, regardless of their age, uh, even regardless of where they are in their journey right now. So uh, once again, I want to thank Marcus Lanny for being with us. Any last words, Marcus? No, Russ, really appreciate you having me on. And for all the listeners, hope maybe we can connect sometime soon in chat, but really appreciate it. All right, no problem. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because... I can show them that the audience is growing. So, please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.